Hello and welcome to this bonus destination special of the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Holly Rubenstein, and yes, I'm back for a second time this week as we continue to celebrate California and all it has to offer, today bringing to life one of my personal favorite spots, Greater Palm Springs. I was there back in 2019 as part of a much bigger US road trip, which took me through all of California. And it's one of the places I think about most when I'm daydreaming about far off lands. It is nestled in the heart of California's Coachella Valley, a couple of hours drive from LA. And it's a desert oasis that has been capturing the hearts of travelers for generations. It's where 1950s celebrities like Frank Sinatra and Elvis Presley spent their weekends playing golf on championship courses and whining and dining the desert night away. With that Rat Pack spirit still lingering in the air, it has a unique allure that draws you in from the moment you arrive. Picture an elegant city framed by the towering San Jacinto Mountains and lined with impossibly tall, swaying palm trees. A nexus of natural beauty, wellness and culture. A living canvas of perfectly preserved mid-century modern architecture offering such an intoxicating blend of nostalgia and sophistication. I'm joined today by Stephen Biller. He's a Palm Springs legend, having edited Palm Springs Life magazine for over 20 years. And we uncover his Greater Palm Springs travel diaries, his all-time favorites, his hidden gems, and top recommendations as someone who knows it so well. From its food and art scenes to its wild outdoors and hiking trails, there is so much to experience in Greater Palm Springs. I really hope you enjoy getting a flavor of it now. So let's get started. Stephen Villa, welcome to the Travel Diaries and to this Greater Palm Springs destination special. It's so nice to see you with that lovely Palm Springs print behind you. How are you? Very good. Good morning from Palm Springs, California. Oh, I am rather envious of your situation today out there. <laughs> so what's it like out there today? It's a hard life. It's a really hard <laughs> life. It's in the high 60 degrees here, uh, Fahrenheit, of course. <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> We're just teetering, you know, teetering our way into the season and uh, getting excited because everything's about to start. All the great events, Modernism Week, October and... Uh, it just kicks it all off. So we're very excited How over exciting. here. Brilliant. Well, I mean, you mentioned it, Modernism Week. That was one thing that I was going to come on to later in the discussion. But, you know, tell me, what can we expect from Modernism Week in Palm Springs? Because it's such a big, you know, a- event in the greater calendar. Yeah, well, you know, Palm Springs has the highest concentration of mid-century modern architecture in the West, probably the entire United States. Uh, architects came to experiment here. They were designing in the in the 40s, in the 50s predominantly, and into the 60s as well. And uh, doing things that they might not be able to do in Los Angeles or other parts of California or the United States, but they could do it here. And the, and the architecture was uniquely responsive to the environment. Mm. Uh, and of course, this is a very extreme environment. So you tend to see a lot of deep overhangs on the roof lines that provide shade and really thoughtful design that was also uh, very uh, minimal and, uh, and practical. Uh, no frills. It was it, these were largely weekend places for for movie stars, and yeah. um, 
uh, and then in the, in the mid seventies and into the eighties and early nineties, they started just, they started to fall into disrepair. They were, they were not desirable properties. And now of course you can't even touch them. They're, they're, multi-million yeah. dollar properties now <laughs> and just because just, there's such a, a a newfound appreciation for what pieces of architectural history they are and also because of how much palm springs has developed uh, as a broader area well yeah i think that the next the second generation of architects that was working out here the modern architecture i should say because there were uh people working in a spanish colonial style and other adobe styles uh that uh preceded mid-century modern of course so uh but the second generation of mid-century modern architects still working today really took the tenets of those modernist principles and in, in the minimalist design and a practicality and the indoor outdoor seamless low rise as well right right very. right very low slung so you don't interfere with the mountain views um and then that that seamless indoor outdoor uh design so uh the sun is always shining in but you're also getting that <laughs> that thoughtful protection from the sun when where mm. it's necessary it's really thoughtful and uh and yeah so you're right the appreciation did come back and and now it's like a sport you know pe the, the people are jockeying for the best properties on the market and then they there's almost a pride in ownership that um you want to bring it back to its original uh, state. Um, so, and there are awards for that, you know, so right this month, in fact, in October, um, uh, there are the preservation awards and they celebrate the owners and the architects and the designers who, who uh, restore these properties and bring them back to their original glory. And mm. so you were asking about Modernism Week. So this is the opportunity yeah. for everybody to come check it out because it's the one time you can come and go inside so many of these amazing homes and, and, um, and also go to lectures and some, there's a symposium, there's great parties. I mean, there's, the parties are off the rails. I mean, everybody's decked out in 60s and 70s fashion and all the ladies are out in their poochy design. Oh, it's just amazing. phenomenal. It's so, so much fun. fun. Yeah. So, so you're saying that a lot of these houses open their doors just once a year so that in, in Modernism Week so that people can get a sneak peek into how how they are right so and it happens in in february is the main modernism week and mm -hmm. there was always a uh what we called a modernism week preview that would happen in october and that was largely right. to give the media an opportunity but it got so big and popular and that now they took away the preview name and it's just called modernism week october and right and it's, okay so you have a couple of opportunities right each year. right right Fantastic. and they're not the same the 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 uh, there are a couple of things that do overlap but for for the most part they're very different experiences but with the same spirit and as somebody who visited palm springs quite recently also because i love mid-century modern architecture myself one thing that i think is a great recommendation for visitors like when they have arrived in the area in the first day or two is to take one of the the tours that you can do the mid-century modern tours that are on offer in the area which really gives you a good 
even deeper understanding of you know why mid-century modern architecture is so big in Palm Springs and and it's just great fun in the in the environment that it is right there are tours that that occurs at, at several points throughout the year that you can take uh, and there's also a modernism app that you can download oh, how cool um, and, you know, right now we're producing a guide to Albert Frey's properties. Uh, I say we, I'm, I'm the editorial director at Palm Springs Life magazine. I've been here for, um, I've been here for 21 years, a little bit over 21 years, which is incredible. Amazing. An institution. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I joined the magazine as editorial director back in 2002. And I came here on a recommendation of a friend uh, who said, you should go check out Palm Springs. You're going to love it. And I came here in May. The sky was impossibly blue. I remember pulling into town and parking at Palm Springs Life. And I was early for my interview. So I started walking around downtown. And I, the first thing that went through my mind is this does not look real. The mountains looked like a fake Photoshop job over this impossibly blue sky. It was incredible. And I just walked around looking at these people walking around town thinking, you people live here? This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond Palm, downtown Palm Springs, um, you know, we're talking today about you know, all of Greater Palm Springs, which encapsulates national parks. I mean, what are, what are some of the other scenery that visitors to the area could expect to experience? Well, if you love the outdoors, this the, the desert will surprise you with its opportunities. People think the yeah. desert is just this wide open, barren nothingness. And that's just not the case. Even when not you are all. out in yeah. the big barren nothingness, it's still alive. Um, so to answer that question, um, the Coachella Valley, which is where you'll find the city of Palm Springs and, and this valley of nine connected cities, that is surrounded by mountains. So that's how we become a valley. And mm -hmm. the mountain range, the, San, the Santa Rosa and San Jacinto Mountains range, is a national monument. So you can't develop on it. It's protected. It's just, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's, mm. it's why we live here. It's, it's why people visit here. They can't really articulate it, but you take those mountains away and we're not the same place. Those mountains yeah. make this place. So, and you can access those mountains in so many ways. You can take the Palm Springs aerial tramway, which is one of my favorite things to do. Um, mm. And not, not, not as a visitor, I, I live here and I still, I've been here for 21 years. I still go up that tramway five, six times a summer because I hike at the top. There's many trails that you can take and some easy and some really aggressive. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it's an incredible experience. My partner and I are big hikers and we love this area so much. And what's amazing if you take that tramway, isn't it, is that you could be down at your, you know, by the hotel pool and it's in the mid, certainly when I was there, it was like 97, which is, I think like high thirties right. centigrade. Right. And then you take the tramway up there and it's chilly. Right. It's, it's, usually cool a, it's usually about 40 <laughs> degrees cooler because yeah. when you go up, you're going up 8,600 feet. It's so high. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an incredible experience. The, the, the ride up, 
is so beautiful and it's narrated so you can learn a little bit about the terrain because you pass through seven life zones on the way up, which only happens in that spot in all of California, I think in all of the United States. Where you so can, what does that mean? Uh, so you'll see the, 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 the plant life changes dramatically from from these different areas and, and you're zooming up at, at, at the speed and you're just seeing this dramatic change so quickly, you know, uh-huh. from, from raw desert, <laughs> you know, uh, at the bottom. And by the time you're at the top, it's, it's, you're in Alpine territory and there's yeah. often snow up there when you're, when you, when you're up there. So it, it's just an incredible stretch where you, you, you get to see these different life zones and you see the, the plants and the animals and you don't really see too many animals because that, area where you're going up is is quite steep so but you will see the the plant life change dramatically on the way so if you're into hiking i mean it's really such an incredible destination to go on a vacation oh yeah you can there are so many opportunities and in various landscapes so the tram is only one way to access that mountain throughout the entire coachella valley you can you can access it in the indian canyons which is another place to go spend an entire day hiking they have over 60 miles of hiking trails just in the indian canyons which is in the nook of South Palm Springs, it, it, it connects the Santa, Santa Cinto Mountains to the west to the Santa Rosa Mountains, which pick up right adjacent to it. And in that little crevice is the world's largest naturally occurring palm oasis. Wow. And it is spectacular and you can hike right down to it. And, and it's just the trails are accessible. It's easy. You're not going to get lost. You can park your car. It's just magic. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at 
airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. We've already, of course, covered some fantastic highlights of Palm Springs, but as somebody who's been based there for such a long time and who cares about it so passionately, I'm so excited to uncover your greater Palm Springs travel diaries today, Stephen. Um, So we're going to cover like a few chapters like we do on the uh, full length episodes, slightly abridged format. We begin with chapter one, and that's the first place that you fell in love with in greater Palm Springs. Uh, certainly the first place I fell in love with Palm Springs was the Indian canyons. And I remember the first time driving through the canyon in between these large rocks and, and, and maneuvering my car into this one particular pass through that I just didn't think my car should go, but I got it through (laughs) (laughs) and and I'm so glad I did. And now, of course, you can get through this. It's it's not a hard thing. Everybody does it. But, you know, it's a little funky when you're going for the first time. It's just one of those wow moments. Yeah. Um, so you get through this incredible drive just to get to the trailhead of, uh, of the Palm Canyon Trail, which is the one that brings you down into the largest palm oasis in the United States. I remember parking my car and just looking around, just thinking, oh, my God, I've never been in a place that looked like this before. You can't see the town. You know, you're in nature. There's, you you know, you just, you can't see downtown Palm Springs or anything. (laughs) You know, you're in the wilderness. Um, But it's this incredible, most unlikely, improbable wilderness that you would expect in the middle of the desert. And of course, the uh, the, the ancient Kauia Indian tribe. Uh, this was this was their home. You know, this is where right. they would find their food, their water, their shade. Uh, and it's very much uh, today. You can go down when you, when you're in the oasis. You can find a couple of reconstructions of what they call quiche, which are the little hut structures that they lived in. And the Agua Caliente tribe is is. Uh, still here and active. There are about 500 members of the tribe, but their enterprise in a community defies their size. Uh, mm-hmm. The tribe is an incredible um, good neighbor and uh, economic powerhouse here. They're they are a magnet for tourism because not only do they have these incredible Indian canyons that you can hike through, you know, you can you can come for a week and hike in the Indian canyons every day and never hit the same trail. It's incredible. Um, and I live right by it. This is in my backyard. It's incredible. Oh, you're I, so lucky. I, I love it. We're in there all the time. But the tribe also owns three casinos, one in Rancho Mirage, one in Palm Springs, and one in Cathedral City, all part of the Coachella Valley here, uh, very close together. And they have another enterprise that is going to blow people's minds that opens on November 3rd, and that's the Agua Caliente Cultural Plaza. And this has a state-of-the-art spa, and the spa, the whole site of the cultural plaza, sits on an ancient hot mineral spring uh, oh. that has been feeding this site since time immemorial. Um, and this this is the centerpiece of of Kauia, Agua Caliente Kauia life. It sustained them, and it still arguably does. So this brand-new spa has 21 or 22 private rooms, bathing tubs, 
where you can take these hot mineral waters, just mineral rich hot waters, and it soothes your muscles, it eases pain, it does has all of these um, healthful benefits. Mm. Uh, it's good for your skin. How fascinating! Have- so that's opening soon, and and it's and what's it's just an extension of the fact that Palm Springs has for decades been a wellness destination hasn't it i mean the clean the clean dry air is what attracted you know people out of la it back you know when it at the first big boom at the turn of the century in 1901 uh you were already seeing the tb folks or uh the lungers (laughs) as some people call them um (laughs) but uh, yeah, everybody would come out here because the air is nice and dry, the climate is cool, and you can get healthy out here. And, and in uh, 1909, uh, Nellie Kaufman, Mother Nellie, as we know her here in Palm Springs, uh, opened a Desert Inn, uh, which is a sanitarium, which is where uh, uh, people would come and get healthy. And uh, th- and that, that uh, turned into a resort, a very, very luxurious resort, that for another couple of generations uh, welcome movie stars and captains of industry and other, you know, luminaries from East Coast and West Coast and abroad. And so I guess so easily combined if you were staying in one of the kind of famous, you know, hotels or properties in in kind of the more downtown area that, you know, you can have the cool mid-century vibe you can have the cool shops and the amazing food scene and all all of that and then you can combine it with going to a complete something completely different and and it's just really so close yeah you know the old timers in town still call it the village you know the village i like that it has a villagey feel i see what they mean it does it's a walkable city you know, which which is very desirable because when the weather's this beautiful, the last thing you want to do is get in transportation. You know, you want to yeah. walk around and be outside and enjoy it. So, you know, in the Indian canyons, it, it's just like you say, you could be downtown and staying in one of these cool mid-century modern boutique hotels, has maybe 10, 12 rooms in it, yeah. and, and and just really taking in that vibe with the with the classic. In, it's not just the architecture, but the furnishings is beautiful <laughs> architecturally designed furnishings, you know, George Nelson and, you know, all, all of them. There's so many great, great designers and we have them mm-hmm. all. And you can go stay in these properties and sleep in those beds and sit in those chairs and dine in, at those tables. And, and it's yeah. iconic. I mean, it's like yeah, Charles is Charles Eames and, you know, uh, all, all the all the biggest names in design are at your fingertips in this place, and then you're right. You can you can have a completely different experience going into it's just just walking around um, the little uh, tenant what they call the tennis club district right behind downtown, um, and it's all walkable. So if you're if you're downtown walking, you just go behind the, sh- the shops and you're in suddenly you're in a tennis club neighborhood mm. and you can just see that that great mix of mid-century modern and spanish colonial and adobe there's a great property called the caracia pension are you familiar with that one no tell me about it so it goes back into the i think the 1910s or 1920s and it was originally the home of a, an early desert painter named gordon coots um and 
all of these years later, it's uh, a boutique hotel that hasn't changed a whole lot from its original design. And it's a spectacular experience. It's just so quiet and, it, and it's right in the foothill of the San Jacinto Mountain. And it you can walk to anywhere downtown. This place is my favorite property in the desert. It really is. Is it? So yeah. have you have you very cleverly segued us on to chapter two here? Which is because <laughs> <laughs> that those are your all-time favorites. We're doing favorite hotel, favorite restaurant, and like maybe a kind of broader kind of favorite destination within the within the Greater Palm Springs area. So might that be your favorite hotel? Yeah, it's 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 not mid-century modern and it's 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 a very distinctive experience. You're going back to old Palm Springs and and the owners of the property really appreciate what they have. They know what they have in that property. And like I said, it's walkable. You can you can go to any restaurant downtown or you know, if you want to, you're in a, in this, this, this modest little property. Uh, and if you want to go have dinner at the top of, you know, the Rowan, in the Kimpton Rowan property and the rooftop restaurants called Four Saints, and you can just walk there from your property and go, uh, to the top of this brand new luxurious hotel and have dinner on the rooftop and, and not even get in your car, not take a cab. Uh, it's just right there. I mean, for me, I stayed in a few different properties when I came to visit and uh, my favorite, my all time favorite hotel, um, was Lorizon. Oh yeah. Or, which is, uh, spelt L apostrophe horizon. Right. If you wanted to look it up. Um, and a very good restaurant there as well. Oh yeah. Um, what I really, lo- what I really loved about it was that it, it again was just this incredible mid-century building, a William F. Cody building. And it'd been so like you talked about with so many of the properties, there's such a pride in the history and the heritage that it had just been so lovingly re- restored and it just, felt as though that you were getting to experience the vibe of what it was like when Marilyn Monroe was staying there and all these like you know Hollywood icons um and it's just a really cool boutique vibe isn't it it really is and uh the diversity in properties is surprising as well um I walk from my place to go to the Ace Hotel and Swim Club. I, I have mm-hmm. my own pool. I have my own. I don't need a, to go to, but I love the vibe there. So I join the swim club and, and I get to, you know, I could walk to this property and, and feel like I'm on vacation, you know, and eat at the King's Highway restaurant there and spend an afternoon at the pool and vibe to the music that they're playing and the DJs that are out by the pool. And it's, you know, I, you know, I, I get to enjoy it too, just because I live here doesn't mean I can't <laughs> have that sure. vacation vibe. And so it's a very, very like, I think it was interesting when I said that I was going to Palm Springs, a few of my friends said, gosh, isn't that a place where like old people go and play golf? And I was like, oh, really? I, I think it's a kind of really hip, cool, you know, trendy, arty place. So it, it's a, it's a destination that appeals to all age demographics and all different tastes of what you want out of a trip because yeah there are great golf courses there and you know the older demographic may really 
love how warm it is and and uh you know the lifestyle there but also you know some of these hotels that you mentioned like the ace hotel lorizon you know it appeals to everyone yeah yeah and you know since the pandemic uh, the golfers are getting younger. They they needed something to do, and a lot <laughs> of them took up golf. And we're seeing that we're we're definitely seeing um, a younger golfer coming out to play out here. Uh, it's so beautiful, and you know the the younger they are, the the more appreciative it seems they are of the outdoors and and the. Uh, and the nature of it all, because they're also hikers, and and um, uh, you know, I'm running into these people hiking, and and I, you know, oh, where are you from? And well, we're out here on a golfing trip. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, this is a long way from the golf course, you know, <laughs> but uh, uh, people are coming out here because it's got a great spa culture. Um, we have natural hot springs here. Um, and, and a huge variety of, of health, healthful pursuits, wellness for pursuits. Sure. Uh, so it is definitely a destination for that set. Certainly the yeah. hikers and rock climbers. Rock climbers love to come out to Joshua Tree National Park. Uh, there's the Joshua Tree Rock Climbing School that you can go and spend a few days and uh, do some guided climbs. and. An iconic how- national park as well. I mean, really we haven't is. even brought that to life yet. But I mean, <laughs> you know, this is like Dr. Zeus style landscape, like crazy, photogenic, wild. incredible rock formations and plant life that you won't see outside of the Mojave Desert. Yeah, uh, it's it's a beautiful, otherworldly environment. I, I have done every major hike and most <laughs> of the minor hikes in that park over just even just over the pandemic to now. I have recount. I have re-stepped every one of those trails and uh, and uh, spend a great time writing about them because it's just so much fun. Do you have that. a favorite trail in in Joshua Tree that you would say for if, if, if you had like a day one if you were staying in P- Palm Springs but you wanted to do a day trip out to Joshua Tree and do a lovely walk what would you recommend? Well, a lovely walk and a, an aggressive hike are definitely two different things. A lovely, I know, a lovely walk. I'll, I'll give you one of each though. But I do feel like Americans, as a generalization, refer to all walks as hikes. <laughs> we're a I mean? very lazy people here you know <laughs> we're just we like to sit around and eat you know uh, <laughs> that, we'll come on to that in a second i want to know your favorite restaurant <laughs> um but a lovely walk in joshua tree i would say um there's an ocotillo patch ocotillos are these long spine um spiny cactus-looking plants. They're not cactus, but they're spiny plants, and there's a whole field of them. There's also another um, patch, choya patch, when they look like the little teddy bear cactus, they call them. And you Mm -hmm. can't touch any of these things because they poke back at you. Ah. But they're beautiful, especially at sunrise and sunset, to see the light hitting these things. The the sun backlighting a choya plant is the most beautiful thing, beautiful thing you'll ever see. And there's a whole field, endless sea of these beautiful plants. And um, I, I think that's a lovely walk. Um, uh, 
so the, it, it, this is all on the south side of Joshua Tree National Park. There are three patches. There's the Acotillo plants, the Choya mm-hmm. plants, mm-hmm. and there's also a smoke tree patch. And smoke trees are these beautiful shrubs, basically, that you typically find in sandy washes around the mountains. Um, but in Joshua Tree, on this particular part of Joshua Tree National Park, there's a whole field of them. And they bloom in this purple flower, and they, oh. it, it, they call them smoke trees because from a distance they look like puffs of smoke. Hmm. And, and painters, the landscape painters, have such a hard time painting them. Uh, but So for a lovely walk, I would say the south side of Joshua Tree National Park, you'll find at least those three lovely walks. For a more okay. aggressive hike, I would go up into the west entrance of the um, park, the Na- Joshua Tree National Park. And um, although you can find a lovely walk at Barker Dam, which is probably the most popular easy hike, um, beautiful scenic, there's water, there's rock formations, there's everything you would expect to see in Joshua Tree National Park is at Barker Dam, and it's an easy loop. Um, But um, I would also recommend Ryan Mountain, uh, which is a Uh a bit of a tougher climb, but you get everything. You're going to see wildlife. You're going to have a a, a nice workout climbing this massive rock formation. Um, You're going to get out to a peak. And from the peak on a clear day, you can see all the way out to the Salton Sea, which is probably an hour south. Mm. And um, uh, is, is a sea in the middle of the desert, which is a story unto itself. It was a uh, caused by a break in the Colorado River back in 1905, ah. and for 18 months the Colorado ran wild and filled what they call the Salton Basin, which today is still the Salton Sea, which has no outlet and no water coming in, and so it's slowly shrinking and evaporating, which is a whole problem into itself. But there's still water there. There is still water oh, there. Oh, goodness me. And and all-time faves, the food scene in Palm Springs, the Greater Palm Springs, is a vibe. It is. There's so many choices. If you had to pick your all-time favorite restaurant, where, where would you tell us to go today? Oh, boy. That is a really, really hard question. I like, uh, I like Johannes, which is... Uh, schnitzel (laughs) place Mm -hmm. uh the chef is just great you don't have to get schnitzel they have other things on the menu but uh the food is it's downtown palm springs you can watch the street action if you want you can sit outside if you want Uh, but it's a beautiful dining room it's 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 casual you know it's not too upscale but it is food is very upscale um They have a great curry dish that I love. Um, Of course, the schnitzel, Mm. um, uh, thoughtful wine list. It's just really, really well put together. Lovely hostess, and uh, it's just a wonderful experience. And it's 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 intimate. You're not too crowded. You get great service. The food is always just first class. So I tend I tend to like to go there for special occasions. But Spencer's at the Mountain is also great. Um, There's a new place uh, called Sol y Sombra, which is in Cathedral City, which is right next to Palm Springs. 
at the Paloma Resort. Uh, it's the restaurant there, and I love this place. It's all Mediterranean Spanish dishes and um, a, a beautiful paella they make. I would mm. definitely go and get the paella. Such a varied cuisine that's on offer in Palm Springs. Yeah. The SoCal have... cuisine as well as, you know, so much more. It really is, uh, and and more and more so. I think that uh, chefs kind of like being here. They have a good appreciative audience. Yeah. So um, we're seeing definitely a lot, a lot more chefs wanting to come here and stay. Yeah, I can imagine. And our, our penultimate chapter, uh, Stephen, is chapter three, and that's your hidden gem. So a place that I mean, as an aficionado of the area. You must have a few hidden gems. What's a, a secret spot that you love? So I have two that I like to share. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. One of them is Cabot's Pueblo Museum. Cabot Yerkso was an adventurer, an artist, a, tra- a traveler, um, and a pioneer in Desert Hot Springs, which is just north of Palm Springs. It's known as the Spa City, and Cabot Yerkso is the one that discovered both the hot and cold mineral spas in Desert Hot Springs. And he made it his life's mission to build this Pueblo, which still exists today. It has 37 rooms. Uh, it's a massive structure that you can tour. It has it's, The grounds are beautiful. Events occur up there, little festivals, there's music. Uh, they have artists at the Pueblo, uh, events where you can come and see native artists working their crafts that you can mm. learn about and buy. Um, it's a fun little place and it's, it's, it's a great little escape from the real world. And, um, the other hidden gem, um, is actually a drive and it's a drive through box Canyon. <gasps> box Canyon is on the Eastern edge of the Coachella Valley, just North of the Salton sea. Um, and so you, it's in a town called Mecca. So if you uh, – the, the, the easternmost city in the Coachella Valley is Coachella. So from Coachella, if you drive south, the next town is going to be Mecca. Um, so you go east into Mecca over the railroad tracks and into Box Canyon. And Box Canyon is about the most – jaw-dropping, beautiful, (laughs) natural canyon um, that uh, I've camped out there. I've hiked out there. um, Really? But you don't even have to stop. It is just driving through it is like entering another world. Um, And it's not very long. It's a few miles. And, you know, just slow down. And enjoy it. Not if you're bad. coming, if you're coming from the direction that I just described, starting in Coachella, it will lead you. The road will lead you to Interstate 10, the major freeway. So it's easy to get back to Palm Springs from there. If you go past the freeway on that road, then you're driving into Joshua Tree National Park, the south, the south entrance. Oh, so right. that's so. If you've got the whole day and you want to see some great outdoors. And you don't mind being in your car for a while. It's the most beautiful drive you'll ever have. You can see all of the eastern part of the Coachella Valley and up into Joshua Tree National Park. And you can take that all the way 
through the National Park and out into 29 Palms. And then you can see all of the high desert, 29 Palms, Joshua Tree, Yucca Valley, and Morongo Valley on your way back to Palm Springs. I'm so annoyed. I didn't do that the last time I was there. That is such a, <laughs> sounds like such a great route. Let me know next time so you're much. coming. Yeah. I will, I will. I will. Oh, hopefully soon. Oh, thank you so much so much for your time Stephen it's been so evocative and made me want to go back to Palm Springs so much we end with chapter four which is the place that's at the top of your travel bucket list in the greater Palm Springs area where haven't where haven't you been that you're you're looking to tick off uh, there aren't too many places I haven't been. <laughs> Fortunately, you know, when, when you're the editor of, of Palm Springs Life magazine, you eventually find your way to, to everything. Um, there are a couple of restaurants I, I'm, I'm eager to try. Um, but in terms of adventure, uh, I want to spend some more time up in a Mojave, in a Mojave Desert, which is just to our north. Um, there's so much to do. There's so the Kelso Dunes. The uh, there's so many off the grid art exhibitions to see up there. Yeah, uh, you know that's something that I think is spectacular about the desert. Is artists love this place. We have the desert. Light. Yeah, we have Desert X, which is a, an exhibition of site specific art that takes place every other year across the entire desert. So you, mm. it's art out on the land that you can go and experience and everybody can access it. There's no ticket or anything. You just go and you see things in the context of the environment instead of the white walls of a gallery. And it's spectacular. Oh, so cool. It's spectacular. So transportative. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Stephen. Thank you for sharing your Palm Springs travel diaries with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, I hope that that has given you a flavor of what a fantastic destination Greater Palm Springs is. When you next head to California, you have got to add it to your itinerary. Trust me. Thank you to Stephen Biller for joining me. You can find out more about Palm Springs at palmspringslife.com and your favorite travel guides and magazines. And of course, always on the tourist board website too. In this case, it's visitgreaterpalmsprings.com. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more from the podcast, don't forget to hit subscribe or if you use Apple Podcasts to press follow so that a new episode lands in your podcast app each week. If you want to be the first to find out who is joining me on next week's episode, come and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Holly Rubenstein and you'll also find me on threads and TikTok. I'd love to hear from you. And if you can't wait until next week, remember there's the first nine seasons to catch up on. That's over 100 episodes to keep you busy there. Don't forget that all the destinations mentioned by my guests are included in the episode show notes here on your podcast app and listen on my website thetraveldiariespodcast.com thanks again everyone take care and I'll be back next week today's episode is supported by Airbnb 
It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos visiting some places that have been on my bucket list and while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 